0: Began so long ago with a band of Queen's
1: Park Men. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Spiders Talk Podcast. David Blair, Enzo Tamanini, and Callum Stewart back from his travels abroad. What a game we've got to recap this week. An absolutely incredible result, an incredible performance at Farhill, 4-0 victory over Partick Thistle. And of course, we then have to look ahead to the next difficult game coming up with Dundee. At home, the Friday night lights at Aucle View. Callum, first things first. Welcome back. How was your holiday?
2: Oh, thank you. Yes, it was very good. Thanks. Um, I think I missed a, <laughs> that. It was the right time to be away, by the sounds of it. I listened to the podcast whilst I was away, and mo- I even I even uh, tortured myself with the highlights, which I don't know why I did that. Um, but yes, glad to glad to be back after a, a good victory, and uh, very disappointed that I missed it. As it seemed like an absolute cracker.
1: And Enzo, we obviously steadied the ship and kept going while Callum was away, and we had a right good moan last week. <laughs> when you look back, it maybe feels like we've got a lot of rolling back and a lot of apologies to make.
0: Yeah, I think we're, um, we're getting into this episode with a slightly more positive outlook on things. I mean, we were obviously desperate for the for the team to bounce back after a few disappointing results, and last week we were maybe on a bit of a downer when we recorded this. But that's you know things have certainly changed today because it was it was a fantastic result and, and I don't think anybody predicted that it would go quite as well as what it did. But hey, listen, it was it was great.
1: The joys of being a football fan—we can be as fickle as that, and we'll just keep getting away with it as the season goes. Let's, let's dive right into what happened on Saturday at Fur Hill, and let's have a quick look to begin with at the starting lineup for Queens Park. There were two changes from the lineup. That drew one each against our broth. So the starting lineup was it was Callum Ferry and goals. Alex Bannon kept his starting place, but he moved to right back. Kilday came in at the back for Jake Davidson and he slid in beside Stephen Ezzy and Tommy Robson at left back. The midfield two of Jack Thompson, Malachi Boating. We had Patrick Jarrett keeping his role in the, the middle of the front three as the number 10, and we had. Josh McPake coming in for Louis Longridge and Dom Thomas keeping his place. Now, we maybe thought that, as we've seen all season, it would have been Dom Thomas on the left and McPake on the right. Those two actually flipped round for the first time and we've seen Dom Thomas line up on the right and Josh McPake on the left. And Simon Murray was leading the line up top. So, Enzo, when we seen that line up and we we initially thought that those were, the you know, as I say, it was going to be Dom Thomas left, McPake right. What did you think of that line up?
0: Mm, it wasn't what I expected, but to be completely honest with you, I wasn't sure what Coyle was going to do last week when we were talking about this as an upcoming fixture. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to see. I had no idea what was going to happen. And I don't think anything would have totally surprised me, but that, yeah, it, it was a little bit... The defence in particular was what stood out to me. I didn't think we were going to see Bannon, Eze and Koday I thought uh, I thought we would maybe see um, Eze... And Bannon again at centre back with Davidson back in at right back. But listen, it paid off. And uh, I'm I'm going to obviously I, I, you knew this was going to happen because because last week I think I was quite scathing about Josh McPake, uh, and and I wasn't overly thrilled to see him in the starting lineup again. But you know what? I, I'm sorry, Josh, if you happen to be listening to this because I, I need to be in a bit of humble pie here. He had a fantastic performance. He was you know t- took his goal so well, uh, set up the first goal as well. Coyle got it spot on in the end, didn't he? We we can't have too many complaints about about that at all.
2: I was curious about that change because I'm wondering who it was to enable and whether it was for McPake. Because when I was watching through the highlights, he obviously, he basically cuts inside, edge of the box, right foot. He hits one off the post, he scores from it. I'm wondering if that's what he was trying to facilitate. Maybe that's something that he's noticed in training and when he's out on the right-hand side, he's not able to do that as much and he's crossing the ball in. I'm not sure, but um, I think I think you're being a wee bit harsh on yourself, Enzo, in terms of the humble pie, because it's it's great that McPake has had that game, and long may it continue, because he clearly has so much potential, and we heard so much about him when he joined us, but I think he has struggled so far, whether that is due to where he's been playing, I'm not sure, but um, hopefully this allows him to kick on.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good point, Calum, I mean, obviously that that change it clearly is uh, another bit of genius from Owen Coyle and it clearly allowed Josh McPake to have his best game so far in a Queen's Park jersey. We all know what Dom Thomas can do and he he now clearly can add playing right mid into that as well. But if that switch, if he can still keep up that high level on the right and it allows Josh McPake to come in and hit those heights on the left, long may it continue. Well,
0: it's always good to have options, isn't it? Because the thing is, if if we... I've found a system whereby Thomas and McPay can potentially swap about from time to time then it makes it more difficult for teams to set up against us too because they don't necessarily know which of the two options they're going to be facing and uh, things like that can can be really good especially in, in such a tight division like this you know fine margins a lot of the time so it could just be that maybe one week Thomas matches up a little bit better versus the right back or the left back and and Coyle can set up accordingly and, and yeah it can only be a good thing
1: yeah, definitely. Well, the game started at, at quite a pace and it, and it sort of continued like that for pretty much the, the whole 90. Um, In the first half, it was pretty even. I know that in the pub after the game, I was still a little bit happy, shall we say, at the result. And I was refusing to acknowledge that, you know, we struggled at any point. And I, in my head, we were absolutely dominant for the whole 90. I will admit that that, that first 45, it was pretty close. Um, you know, Thistle did have a couple of good chances um, but to begin the game. It was actually Queen's Park with the two best chances, which you'll see on the highlights. Uh, Patrick Jarrett with some good moves in the box. Uh, his shot is just just blocked just as he's hitting it there. And then Jack Thompson gets out wide right and hits a. I think it's a cross. I don't know if anybody wants to argue that it was a shot as well, but it was on target. And uh, Snedden in the Thistle goal just got a hand to it and kept it out that. Would have been a spectacular opener. But Thistle did keep...
0: I I was pretty confident that that was a shot, actually, David, to be honest with you, because if it was a cross, it was an awful cross, and and it did very nearly go in. I, I I suppose he'll probably argue that it was a shot as well because it looked quite impressive if it was, but I suppose we'll never know.
1: No, unfortunately not. It was, uh, he has started doing this a little bit more often. He's had varying, well, I don't think any of them have gone, have gone in yet, but some varying success in terms of getting on target, making the keepers make some good saves. There was obviously the one up at our broth where Gaston saved after he'd done the Zidane turn in the middle of the park, and there was that one there. We have seen a couple of others that maybe aren't so good, but yeah, he, he's got that in him and he, and he clearly fancies it, so we'll maybe see if he can get one of them in the back of the net soon enough. But the game, as they did keep going, Thistle did put us under a little bit of pressure themselves, and then the first really big chance of the game came. It was for Partick Thistle, and it was from the penalty spot. Now, from our point in the the obviously the Jackie Husband stand, we were at the, the opposite end of of the Queen's Park Box in the first half. Even from our vantage point, I was certain at the time that it was a bit of a nonsense handball. To me, it just didn't look. It it didn't look right. And I think when you watch your highlights back, um, well, certainly, I don't know what you guys think, I'm I'm standing by that. I think it's a nonsense handball. Tiffany plays a cross in, and I think it's Graham, Brian Graham, that gets the, a header or gets a, a, a connection with the ball. Kilday's trying to mark Graham. He's right He's right beside him. He's no more than two yards away. And it hits his right arm. Now, his right arm is away. It's the, the, the far side from Brian Graham. And his arm is down at his side. It is straight now. I'm not denying that the ball hits his, it hits his arm, but to me, it's not. A handball has to be some kind of deliberate kind of movement. And, you know, Enzo, when we were in the pub before the game, we you know we had the Celtic Hearts game, obviously VAR now in, in Scottish football and the Scottish Premiership, and there was a handball not given, which looked a hell of a lot more blatant than the Kilday one. What did you think of it?
0: Uh, I'm not 100% sure, to be honest with you. It's one of these ones where I think. If it goes against you, you, you question it. But if you get that in your favour, you think right, aye, that was the right decision. Um, definitely quite a contentious one. I'm not sure about the yellow card either, because because they actually got booked for it, didn't he?
1: he I, did. I, and Thomson also not... got booked for trying to defend them.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. I, I didn't actually remember that part. Well, I I'm not hundred percent sure. I don't I don't know whether the referee got it right or got it wrong. To be honest, I've watched it a couple of times myself. I've I've uh, I think I've watched the highlights three or four times now. Well, at least the goals anyway, uh, and. I couldn't tell you. It's all about whether it was a natural position or not, wasn't it? Whether, whether, you know, it it was natural for him to have his arm where it was when the ball struck it. I think if I'm being, you know, obviously we are quite biased, but I think that is probably where your arm would be in such a situation. I don't think there was anything unusual about where it was. I'm not 100% sure. I don't know. The important thing is it didn't make any difference in the end anyway.
2: (laughs) I know, it's it's a strange one. Obviously, I only had the, the highlights to go off, but I think it's one of those ones that see if we'd been uh, graced with VAR like the SPL has, I think they would have spent 25 minutes trying to figure out what it was and be pondering over it. I think it, could, I think it might have been a penalty, to be honest, but very soft, very soft, and certainly not a booking if it was a penalty. I mean, there was clearly very little intent, if any, from it. But as Enzo says... They scunnered it, which, which was great, and from what I can tell from the reaction on uh, social media and whatnot, this is very common for Partick Thistle. I think <laughs> I've seen some stat- they've missed like, half of their penalties in the last whatever time frame it is, so I don't think they're on a great one- run with it, and I think they're quite frequently flipping who takes their penalties on a weekly basis.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. I seen that as well. I think it was something like the last 15 or 13 penalties or something like that. They've missed <laughs> over half of them, which nah, is not
2: 4% or something.
1: Yeah. It's, not a, it's not a good return rate if you're a Thistle fan, you're not happy with that at all.
0: Well, I remember watching Thistle against Inverness and I think it might even have been the first game of the championship on the BBC this season. And after the game because Brian Graham was on a hat-trick, and after the game Ian McCall was being interviewed and the interviewer asked him why Graham wasn't allowed to take the uh, take the penalty and he said he's rubbish at them. And uh, I suppose he's proven himself to be rubbish at them. I think it is like eight in the past thirteen penalties they've missed, which is incredible.
2: That is that is bonkers. On Graham, how how was he on uh, at the weekend? Because all I remember, he was quite a handful the last time, but he just went down like a sack of spuds every time anyone got near him. Was it was it much of the same?
1: Um... Exactly the same. Well, maybe he wasn't so much of a handful, but he was going down like a sack of spuds.
0: Sorry, that, and, was, what I was, that was what I was talking about when I said exactly and... this. I wasn't saying he a good performance <laughs> there was a handful or anything. He was just getting down, claiming for everything, moaning about absolutely every little thing.
1: He yeah. uh, well, had to, that one try... where he, he, he sort of lashed out at Dom Thomas, did you know, at one point as well? He did, yeah, he did. You're I right, aye. I... Yeah, so, yeah, he was... He obviously wasn't getting anything falling for him, um, you know, up front for Thistle. That was in part down to our excellent defensive performance we will obviously come on to that very, very shortly. But yeah, he was getting absolutely nothing there. He was getting wound up. He wasn't happy. And um, yeah, it was uh, an all round poor day at the office for not just him, but for all of the Thistle players, which was an absolute delight for us to see.
0: Well, the thing is though, you you say it was a poor day at the office, but up until they missed that penalty, you could, you would have probably made the, I know we, we started the game better than them. I think, you know, the initial kind of five to 10 minutes, but after that, they started to take control and I really believe that had they scored that penalty, we could have potentially lost three or four nothing. But after that, you know, it just shows that, it showed a bit of resilience for us to go up and, and score and then and then capitalise on them starting to look a wee bit shaky and possibly even a wee bit tired in the second half. So, so I um, it just shows you how, you know, these individual little moments
1: can just totally flip a game. They definitely can. It only took us four minutes after the, the penalty miss from uh, Aaron Muirhead, that Queen's Park went up the park. It was a a move between Tommy Robson and Josh McPake. So Robson played the ball up to McPake and continued his run down the left wing. And McPake does really well to to hold his man off and he keeps holding it, keeps holding it, and you think, oh, maybe he's gonna look up and make a pass, you know, get a, a midfielder to come help him out. Nope, holds his man off, keeps going, keeps going, looks up, Robson is in. Almost identical kind of position, if you remember his goal against Patrick Thistle back through Ockleview. Obviously back then it was Malboating with a brilliant pass through the defence. This time, as I say, Josh McPake slides it in, Robson takes a touch, then about 10 yards out or so on the left-hand side. Underneath, Snedden in the Thistle goal. 2-2 two two against his former club. Uh, it's, it's a lovely thing to see for, for Robson, isn't it?
0: It is, considering the Thistle fans were absolutely adamant that he was rotten, and maybe he was rotten for them, to be fair. Like, it's possible that he has improved pretty dramatically. I think he's, you know what, he absolutely has. You can see even in, during his time with us, he has improved over the you know, over the course of last season especially. Uh, but I, it was it was brilliant to see. And it, I think there's probably that wee bit of, uh, from his perspective, it feels like he's getting revenge on a club where maybe he didn't do well. Maybe he felt as though he wasn't treated properly. I, I don't know the ins and outs of his time at Thistle, to be honest but he seems to like scoring against them and it was, it was a great goal, brilliant, brilliant pass to set him up and he finished it really well.
2: Was it not a similar goal that he scored against Thistle last time it was a good through ball and then he kind of slotted it under the keeper or am I just imagining that?
1: Oh yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. It was that great pass. It was like the kind of reverse from, from Malboating. Was he not like running...
2: Play, ah, I then
1: played it left. Um, yeah, I mean, again, just great, you know, great build up play to to get it. So he started the move and he goes up there and finishes it. Um, yeah, wh- whatever it is he's doing, see if see if he's going to show up with four goals this season, all four are going to be against Thistle. Brilliant. And he's a name, he's a name that you know mentioned it last week. You know, there's maybe a, a mistake for for one of the goals in one of the games there, but he's not a name that we do mention an awful lot. He is just usually just a nice solid 6, 7 out of 10. He's just always there doing his thing. But as I say, to pop up now, that's his second goal against So It's great to see him on the score sheet because it's not something he's done very often for us.
2: No, and I think I think Robson deserves a lot of credit because you mentioned that we don't talk about him particularly much. But I remember in previous seasons... Uh, prior to starting this podcast we've been pretty critical about him to be honest he, he, he was relatively inconsistent and wasn't as great going forward but i think see since we've got our new wingers in with thomas and the like um it's just totally enabled him to to have that sort of attacking intent as well and more going forward which has been great and i think he's probably one of the first names on the team sheet every single week i mean he doesn't really have any real competition not any glaring faults. I mean, when you compare that with a right back position, which is sort of flip flopping on a weekly basis, uh, Robson certainly isn't in the same circumstances.
0: No, you're right in saying that he doesn't have much competition. I mean, the only really, the only alternative we would have for that left back position would be, I suppose, Cami Bruce, who's only what, 18, 17, 18, if that. I can't even remember what age he is, but he's very young, and, and you're right in saying that, but. I don't feel as though it's a position that we need to worry about because Robson, you know, he's, he's never really had any injury problems as far as my wear touch would. I don't, want to, <laughs> I don't want to jinx that. But, yeah, I don't have any concerns about his performances. He's just, he's a, he's a solid player, does everything right. Defensively, he's fine going forward. He's, he's great. Uh, absolutely no issue with him being the regular left back and, and if he can chip in with the odd goal here and there as well, that's obviously just a bit of a bonus.
2: And by the way, he's, he's still pretty young himself. Robson's only 27, I think. So he's got plenty of years in him. It's not like he's at the tail end of his career. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what he does when he gets into his contract with us.
1: Yeah, definitely. But right now, it's great to see him uh, playing well, as I say, getting on the score sheet and I say, playing his part and contributing to this great performance that we had last Saturday there. Uh, so that goal was at about the 25, 26-minute mark in the half. Now, yeah, then did start getting, certainly maybe obviously leading up to the penalty. Certainly just after the penalty, Thistle kind of, kind of did start taking the game to us and had their best spells. It would have been that last 15 or 20 minutes or so of the the first half where they probably will feel a little bit disappointed that they didn't take one of their chances. They had maybe three or four good chances, Um, but there was a a, a Muirhead, uh, sorry, it wasn't Muirhead, it was Bannigan had a shot that just tipped the bar from just outside the box. Um, We had Stephen Ezzy to thank for a, a great block on Kyle Turner who'd worked his way into the sort of six-yard box and was about to get a shot away. as he got one of his big long legs in front of it and and cleared it for a corner. That wasn't the, the last time he did that in, in the game there. He was another one who had a, an absolutely brilliant performance after a couple of shaky weeks. And as I said, we did manage to hold it off, though. And we got into the half time. It was still 1-0, Queen's Park. And as I obviously so for those of us that were there, it was... I think we deserved it. But Thistle were looking dangerous, and we perhaps well, I think it's fair to say we weren't expecting what came in the second half.
0: I don't think anybody was expecting that. I was thinking, you know, because the first half was definitely considerably more even than the second half. Nobody can deny that. But the thing is, David, yes, Thistle had a lot of the ball in and around the box, but how many saves did Ferry actually have to make in that first half? Did he actually make any? I can't can't really think of any that stand out if he he did.
1: He did have one um, from the it would have been from our left back side, so maybe from Rob's I don't don't recall who hit the shot, but he had one save there, and he definitely made one save in the second half. Um, And if you look at the the BBC, obviously, do the match stats and everything, Thistle had three shots on target in the game. So I recall two of them. Um, I don't recall what the third one was. I think all three, in fact, sorry, there was definitely one save in the second half. Those other two must have been in the first half at some point. That kind of shows just, yeah, for all for all that, yeah, we're saying they, they did have the ball, and as you say, you're absolutely right to say that. Yeah, they they, they didn't have that kind of cutting edge that we've maybe come to expect from them.
0: Absolutely not, no, because they have been massively high scorers this season. I think there was a stat somewhere again about Twitter that, you know, in, in all of the leagues in the UK, I think they were like the third highest goal scorers behind Celtic and somebody else. They've not had any problems putting the ball in the back of the net, so... I, I was that was my main concern, I, I didn't, do you know, if you had told me before that game that we were gonna to go to Furhill and sneak a win, I wouldn't have been totally shocked because I know that we've got that in us, but I did not think for one minute we would go there and keep a clean sheet.
2: Aye, and Thistle seem to have scorers throughout their team because I was looking at the, the top scorer charts earlier and they've got Brian Graham on something like five goals um, and then they've got Dowds on four, and then they've got Tiffany on three, Lawless on three. So, I mean, that's 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 a bunch of guys which are in the top sort of, 10 to 12 scorers in the league. And by comparison, we've got Simon Murray, and that, that's about it so far on five goals. So they are clearly a, free, a free-flowing a uh, side in that respect. But do you know what? Maybe we're just the bogey team this season. You know, you get teams every year who just for whatever reason you don't match up well against. And I would be absolutely delighted if that's... Uh, that if if we were in that position with Thistle this year?
1: It's been a long time since we've been in that We've had many teams against us are the bogey team, but I don't recall how many we've been the bogey team of. Uh, I've got to agree with you. That would be absolutely brilliant to um to see. We'll, we'll have to see how the season goes on. Uh, Yeah, um, we did get into, obviously, the second half, and with one of the names you mentioned there, uh, Tiffany, obviously, has been a, a good player and was probably one of the most dangerous Thistle players in the first half. He went off... Very, very shortly after the second half kicked off, he went off injured. According to flash scores, that was in the 48th minute. And in the 49th minute, Queen's Park go up the park. Patrick Jarrett chases down a, a long ball, which is played back to, to Snedden in the Thistle goal. And he completely shanks his clearance. It goes out behind them for a corner. And perhaps is something we need to come to expect nowadays when it comes to Queen's Park and corners. Attacking them, at least. Is... Corner whipped in, Stephen Ezzy header, goal.
2: It was nice, wasn't it? I mean, I was kind of surprised when I watched the goal. How much space they gave Ezzy? like in in my head, we're not we're not whipping that ball into anyone else other than Stephen Ezzy, right? He's absolutely massive, and they only really had one guy who was properly on him. I thought they'd double up on him because we've seen that a few times with teams that they've had two or three guys that are around him because of his size. But they had one guy, and I mean, everyone looks small in comparison to Ezzy, right? But he clearly wasn't matched for size, so I thought they maybe would have put more around him. But he still had an absolute shed load to do from even getting the ball. It was an absolutely excellent header. He gets it over the keeper and the guy who was on the post. So, no credit to him. I think it's um, I think it's pretty clear this season that watching is just going to be a total hot and cold roller coaster of, uh, of emotions. Because, I mean, he's had man of the match a few times for us, potentially again today. Um, and he kind of <laughs> seems to go from that to the the polar opposite. So it's nice to see the the upturn in the Thistle game.
0: I thought even in the first half on Saturday, there were a couple of moments where he looked a wee bit dodgy, to be honest with you. But the second half, he, he, he totally stepped up and he was fantastic. And I think getting that goal obviously filled him with confidence too. And you do wonder whether there is a bit of a lack of confidence with Izzy in and some of the stuff that we've had, had a few grumbles about this season. Because obviously as Coyle, obviously he's Coyle's guy and we've talked about this before Coyle's brought him in there's high expectation for this guy he's presumably on a decent wage as well to you know to commit to the club for two years so far away from his family in a brand new country but maybe he is a bit of a confidence guy and and things like this could get him you know could really get him going a a solid 45 minutes against arguably the best side in the league another goal to add to his tally that's two now I don't know I, I suppose we'll see but he just he just needs to find a bit of consistency i I don't want that hot and cold center back because that hot and cold center back is potentially going to cost you games do you know what i mean we we want we want him to find a bit of consistency and i think he's got it in him i really i'm, I'm just so desperate to see it fingers crossed
1: you're absolutely right i mean we we have seen the hot and cold Ezzy. we've seen goals conceded that you know you go back to the, the penalty given away up at dundee um Obviously, the air game wasn't great, but I think the second goal, he doesn't cover himself in a lot of glory. We had a we had a wee rant last week, Enzo, about him, and obviously we spoke about, you know, what we want to see and that we are just absolutely desperate for him to, to you know, have more of these games that he did against Partick Thistle than some of those other moments that we've seen. And, yeah, I just, especially as you say, that second half, when he got that goal just from that point onwards he was almost untouchable he just completely mopped up absolutely everything at the back that he needed to and it's just an absolute delight to see him um see him so happy as well obviously right at the very end of the game he was coming he came over and he gave it the big jurgen klopp fist bumps to the crowd and <laughs> um oh, just yeah <laughs> you absolutely could tell. Brilliant. oh yeah
0: You could tell he was absolutely loving it. And one of the best parts, by the way, about the highlights from that game was obviously with it being Thistle's home game, the camera was in among the home crowd. And you could hear the odd bit of commentary from the guys that were sitting near whoever was filming it. My favourite part throughout the the whole highlights was just as the ball (laughs) connects with Ezzi's head and you can see that it's going to float into that top corner. You can hear some guy go, oh no, because he he knows exactly what's coming. (laughs) It was fantastic. It was fantastic. There are a few other like that as well, a few other moments like that.
1: I think they've had their issues defending set pieces and corners like we have as well, but absolutely delighted for the big man to um to get on the end of another one and, yeah, to to double his goal tally for the season so far. Uh, yeah, a great week for him. Obviously, he uh, his family, his, his partner gave birth to uh, a child this week as well. So, again, congratulations to him. We obviously said so on, on Twitter as well. But, yeah, great week for, for Eze and uh, fingers, fingers, toes. What else can we cross? Arms, legs, I don't know, anything else. Everything crossed that this, as you said, he's a confidence player and that second 45 especially, he just keeps on going, takes that with him and he's going to need to take that into next week against Dundee as we'll talk about later on. That goal did kind of, again, give Thistle a quick jolt and a quick, all right, okay, hang on, we need to do something here. They did go up the park just after that and they tried again with handball shouts. The referee didn't fall for this one. Um, you just see it sort of very briefly on the highlights. To me, it looks like Bannon's arms are actually in at his body, like actually almost folded in at his chest. There's not a chance that one's getting given. Thankfully, the referee agreed with me this time. But it still only took five minutes from making it 2-0 to go and make it 3-0. But as good as I'm saying, as he was at the back and helped contribute to that clean sheet... Going forward for that last 40 minutes of the game, it was the Josh McPake show. And this is where it started. He, um, there, There's a good Queen's Park counter-attack where Don Thomas takes the ball up. Ball gets worked out to Simon Murray, who gets a shot away and it is saved by Sneddon. And it's just sort of parried back into the box. Thistle cannot clear the ball at all. Jack Thompson puts a, a good bit of pressure on to win the ball back. And eventually it comes to Patrick Jarrett, who then managed to get the ball to his left shoulder, to Josh McPake, his first goal of the season, bending it round Sneddon from about 12 yards or so. A great, As we said, he's had rough moments so far this season. It was great to see that.
0: It was brilliant to see that, yeah. I've been very critical of McPake. I'm not going to pretend that I haven't been. I, I did think up until Saturday there that he wasn't good enough to be starting regularly in the Championship. But this is another one that, you know, similar, similar hopes for McPake is what I have for Eze, that a really solid performance like that could be just what he needs to kind of drive him on and, and become more consistent and, and become a regularly solid player for us. I'm not expecting Josh McPake to be scoring two goals every single week. I don't know if that's necessarily why he's here, but if he can contribute occasionally with goals and and everything else that he brought to the table on Saturday, then that'd be fantastic. He, t- he took both goals so well as well. Obviously, Fischl's defending was absolutely honking for both of the goals. They let him in far too easily, but the finishes were excellent.
2: Yeah, and he, he has a chance just after the goal as well, which he hits off the post. And it's all just kind of the same shot three times, really, isn't it? For two goals and and one close one. So I, I'm I'm hoping it really helps him kick on and it'll create an interesting headache for um for Coyle going forward now because obviously Savory's been out of the squad. He's clearly got the broken wrist, so that must be affecting him to some respect. It'll be interesting to see what he does if he's got McPake kind of chomping at the bit and on form, because you wouldn't sign these guys if you didn't want to start them. Do you know what I mean? It would it would be weird in my head to be signing a guy like McPake to intentionally have him as a sub for the entire year.
1: Yeah, I think that's something that we've all thought and we've all said when McPake and obviously Kenny coming in from Rangers and Celtic, you know, we're expecting these players to be given frequent, certainly opportunities to play in minutes but we're expecting them as well probably to be starting games obviously maybe with kenny it's maybe a wee bit harder because we appear now i think that's what three games now where we've gone back to the four five ones we're now only playing with one out and out striker and i don't really care who comes in on on loan or whatever it's going to be nigh on impossible to replace simon murray even if he is still in the middle of this little bit of a dry patch and everything and that's you know he had a chance or two on on Saturday there, and I'm sure he will get a goal back again, and he'll get he'll kick on again himself. But he's not only has he just got that industry up front and that that energy and everything as well. He's wearing the captain's armband. He obviously took it over from Day earlier on in the season. There's absolutely no sign of him. Giving that up or being asked to give that up, it, it seems to suit him really, really well. So, particularly with Kenny, he's going to have to bide his time and and try and take some more of the chances that he gets. But, yeah, I think McPake's definitely going to be giving Coyle a headache now uh, as we go on and as we go into next week and beyond.
0: Well, he's certainly not going to drop him for the Dundee game after a performance like that anyway, regardless of how things are going to go down the line. I think at this stage... We just need to take it game by game because we've got all these excellent players and, and there is going to be a lot of competition between them not just mcpake by the way but jarrett as well who's been really good the past couple of games since he came in it's a problem but it's a great problem to have you'd rather have too many great players and not know who to start than be struggling to fill these fill these different gaps in the team and and, and squeeze people into these really really important roles so yeah I'm I'm sure Coyle himself is pretty pleased to have all these excellent players at his disposal.
2: Yeah, and, and whilst um the sort of the reason for the, the squad changes are a bit disappointing in terms of a wee downturn in form, it is good to start to see some of these other guys getting involved because we did have a very fixed team which has tons of benefits, obviously in one hand, but you did worry that if we got to this stage where we start getting injuries like savory, guys just haven't had the game time. So a wee bit more of that is good. But I'm curious, so see you on um, on Jarrett. Has he been playing sort of sitting in behind Murray, or have we been playing a, a sort of flat five with him in the middle of it?
1: He's been in kind of behind Murray, he's been he's sort of back to the, the two holding midfielders who, who, who need to come on and talk. I'm sure we will towards the end of the, the recapping the game as well. Thompson and Boating. I mean, we're talking about players to come in and you know, options and stuff. If either one of them miss time i'm really not certain what we're going to do there but we'll, we'll come on to that later on but yeah so you've had thompson and boating sitting a little bit deeper and then you've got almost like the front three just in front of them where you've got jarrett in the middle and yeah thomas and mcpay because it has been recently on the wings but the thing is with jarrett especially he seems to be getting that still that savory free roll if you will and he is kind of going down the left wing he is going down he's just going to wherever the ball is and yeah, for me it's been one of the one of the best things recently is the form that Jarrett's brought in from coming in completely out of the cold to being to being excellent in the last two games.
2: And he's he's never really looked bad. Do you know what I mean? Like see whenever we've seen him play, he has always looked really tidy on the ball. I know that before he kinda totally fell out the team, he did come on as a substitute on the wing and he was a bit he didn't have the best of games there, but I think he's clearly got a decent amount of quality and it's another one that like, similar to Brown when we talked about him, he was kind of forced out of the squad, in my opinion, due to the the setup of the team and the formation they were playing. And maybe it was similar with Jarrett. And going back to that, sort of, the, the two de- defensive midfielders are two guys out wide and one behind a striker. Maybe that's just where he flourishes, that's where he needs to be, rather than these sort of, sort of out wide, where I think Savory and Thomas are obviously much more effective.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you remember back in the, the League Cup games where savoury was playing just behind murray jarrett's essentially filling that exact same role now and i suppose it's a similar formation as well to what we were doing back then maybe a couple of changes without the we didn't really have the two holding midfielders at the time i suppose it was slightly different because we hadn't brought malboating in yet but i think a big factor behind this as well is, is as you were saying callum jarrett was inexplicably removed from the from the first team altogether you know he's, he's been playing for a young QP and I don't remember him coming off the bench since even since the League Cup games so he probably feels as though he's got a lot to prove as well this is his opportunity to to prove that he should be in around the first team and to be fair to him he's, he's absolutely he, he, he's grabbed it 100% he's been fantastic and, and I, I would really struggle to to justify him not being in the starting lineup again against Dundee
2: and he is another one of these guys, which is, he's only 20 years old. So maybe from his perspective, he kind of told, was told when he was joining us that he wasn't going to be fully into the first team. It's not like we've signed someone massively experienced who we're keeping on the bench in a sort of naismith role, which is a wee bit more confusing. <laughs> so the, there is plenty of time for him to kind of bed in and and get used to stuff. Um, but yeah, it'll be it will be interesting to see how that develops when we've got everyone sort of back fighting fit, because. It's going to be hard to change stuff isn't it when you've got a result like that
1: yeah definitely and i mean you're absolutely right it's i think it is jarrett's starting space until savory is back fully fit and then it's definitely going to be a big decision for for call to make i mean we all know and we've all seen how good grant savory has been this season so far uh Jarrett has made such a such an impact recently yeah that is going to be uh uh, yeah, a very tricky decision for Coyle to make. He gave Savory a chance, so uh, just after the hour mark, Savory did come on for Jarrett. Kenny also came on for Simon Murray, as we were just talking about as well. Um, although I don't know if you noticed, Enzo, but it seems like Grant Savery's stookie on his arm seems to be getting bigger and bigger every week. Um, it looked huh. like it would look like it was a full-on club now, um, whereas before it looked like it was maybe even just like a kind of basic support, you know, just like a wee velcro support. Or something it was a full-on, it was a full-on cast on on Saturday there but they too came on but yeah and then we had obviously McPake had the the chance where he hit the post we had another couple just another a couple of good chances but it was mo- not just the good chances going forward which yeah we didn't take but that's fine we were three and up it was just staying solid at the back we were dealing with everything that, that Thistle had and supposed to be fair they didn't really have an awful lot but they did have one or two opportunities they did have the save um it was Ferry's sort of main save of the game where it was pretty easily tipped wide and it was then kept in but the defense dealt with it i don't know what you made enzo of some of the comments we've seen on twitter where for whatever reason the Thistle fans weren't happy with ferry but i mean it's not like he had an awful lot to do so i'm not really sure why they were upset with him
0: uh, they were just raging weren't they they were absolutely furious whenever he was taking his goal kicks they were they were screaming and shouting at him and the players were doing the same i think brian graham himself was getting involved running behind the goal putting the ball down for, for ferry to take the bike kick and then they were all screaming at him again when he decided to move it across to the other side i couldn't really i couldn't really understand why they were losing their mind at that because i don't recall them wasting that much time and to be honest we were about three nothing up at that point anyway did you realistically think i mean on the on the basis of that second half performance which by the way i still maintain that over the course of that the the, the second forty five, I still maintained that for nothing flattered Thistle. To be completely honest with you, I think we could have ended up putting five or six past them. But uh, I I I couldn't really wrap my head. I couldn't really wrap my head around the absolute rage directed at Ferry. It seemed it seemed bizarre to me.
1: I think they were just looking at somebody to, yeah, to vent on, and he was right in front of that that stand of the home the home fans behind the goals, so. You're right, though, as I say, we did have a couple of chances. There was, um, as I say, obviously the McPake hitting the post. There was a really good chance for uh, Jack Thompson, where uh, I was another brilliant sort of through ball from from Oateng, just completely split the defence open. Thompson had a good shot, and it was, uh, again, saved. But we did put the icing on the cake with about five minutes to go. It was 4-0, and it was McPake's second. Once again, as I say, just mentioned him there, Mal strolling out of midfield with a ball absolute joy to watch in the midfield he was on Saturday, has been all season, but what a joy to watch he was on Saturday there. Plays the ball into Johnny Kenny who takes his to holds the ball up, takes his time and looks up, then switches it from right to left, back to, to McPake, who's as I say, left hand side maybe just on the edge of the box. There is a thistle defender tries to cut out the cut out the pass, but McPake gets his body in front of him, wins it back, turns back inside, and I don't know, was it maybe about twelve yards out from goal to the left hand side. Ben's an absolutely beautiful right-footed shot, curling in. One of those ones that just hits the side net and just rolls right round the net. It's really satisfying to see. And, I mean, you know I know that you were standing a little bit further up uh, in the stand from me, Enzo, but for those of us that were stood down at the front, we were still just doing the classic thing of a 3-0 at Queen's Park. <laughs> you never know. When that when that fourth goal went in, You that was it. We knew this was done. There was no... Chance that they were coming back, and it was it was part time at that point.
0: Yeah, I was. We know that <laughs> this this team is more than capable of a wee collapse, but fortunately, fortunately, that wasn't to be on Saturday. He, like I said earlier on, he took both of his goals fantastically well. Obviously, the Thistle defence didn't cover themselves in glory for either of them. They, they let him get his shots away a little bit too easy, and they gave him quite a lot of space. I think I think they were both fairly similar goals and, and like you mentioned Callum maybe him switching across to the left hand side kind of facilitates him being able to do that something that he wasn't able to do when he was on the right I, I, I don't really know regardless it worked out but I he, he, he took it brilliantly he took it he took it so so well and I just want to touch obviously you, you mentioned Malboating and Jack Thompson and I'm sure we'll talk about them in a wee bit more detail but honestly how is Mal Boting, How how is it possible that guy he, he looks as though if you told me you know, without actually seeing the guy, that he's only that he's you know an experienced thirty-five-year-old centre midfielder that's played hundreds of games in the top division. I would believe it, but the composure the, the way he keeps his cool, even when he's got loads of pressure on him from even two or three guys even pressing him, he's just he, he's unbelievable. I, I'm I will be amazed if this guy doesn't go far, and I don't think, to be completely honest with you, we get any chance of holding on to him.
2: Yeah, I think he's one of these ones that we're just going to have to enjoy whilst he's here because he looks pretty much streets ahead of anyone else that I've seen in that position this season. And I think the thing that impresses me the most with him is that he's really, really happy for play to happen around him and not dive in. He's so competent at keeping his position and not letting the play just spread across the pitch, which I think is pretty common to see, especially in young guys who just go diving into stuff and he just doesn't do it. And I think having Jack Thompson around him who's got a lot a lot of energy as well it's also helped thompson having someone like that beside him because he can kind of run about do a lot of the dirty work whereas boateng is very composed and in position all the time so i think it works really well and for the two of them to be looking the way they are at the age they are in that kind of position is just yeah huge huge credit to them both
1: yeah we obviously said last week i think that well we gave malboating two of our three man of the match awards and thompson got the other one and yeah i think me and edward both said if there is even like one percent of a chance that that we could keep a hold of thing in any way we should be doing it you know whatever it takes yeah it's not it's not going to happen people people are going to be watching him they're going to be seeing our games they're going to be watching him and seeing what he's doing yeah we, we just have to appreciate a guy running the show in the midfield as he does just while he's here and yeah, hopefully he puts in just so many more performances like the way that he has played the last few weeks as well. Even when we've had the poor games, he's been one of those that has still put in that pretty good level of performance. And we just, yeah, we absolutely have to love it while well, well we have it. As I say, that fourth goal hit the net and it was it was party time and the, the Jackie Husband stand in our little section there. A right good rendition of one team in Glasgow, which definitely upset a few of the Thistle fans on Twitter as well, and the icing on the cake the, the last three or four minutes of the game, given it the Olays with every single Queen's Park pass. It just, it's been a long time since we've had a chance to do that. The best Olay as well, Enzo, of course, was the one, Malbo, <laughs> for all that we've just said, what an amazing player. It was the one where he stood on the ball, fell over, and got back up, not a Thistle player came near him to touch him. He got two Olays for that.
2: <laughs> he did. It was... Uh... <laughs>
0: It was incredible. It was. It really was. It was fantastic. It was such a good game, such a great result. And we, we, uh, I actually think you you could argue that this is possibly in our lifetimes one of the best league results we've had to beat a club like Thistle away for nothing, which is maybe a bit of a maybe a bit of a bold claim. But honestly, it has to be up there anyway. And I'm not talking about necessarily the importance of the fixture. I know that obviously, you know, we we, we won the league twice in the past sort of twenty. 23 years. Uh but you know, playing in the championship and, and beating the team who were the, who are top of the league so comfortably in their home ground, it was it was a very, very impressive performance. The Olays were incredible as well. I like the fact that the highlights included a little bit of them. It was only maybe two or three of them. It's a shame that they couldn't fit the f- full two minutes of Olays in there. I would I quite like to have quite liked to hear that back again. But the arrogance of us to be singing one team in Glasgow and doing the Olay thing when we're when we at Forhill, just just shows how dominant we were.
2: Oh, by the way, when I was watching the the highlights back and looking at the the pictures of the game posted on on Twitter and whatnot afterwards, looked like an absolutely cracking size support as well from Queens, which was really really great to see. Um, just shows you the difference of being able to to be somewhere local or relatively local.
0: I think the I think the crowd overall was really good. I think it was it actually breached the 3,000 mark, which is pretty impressive. I don't know what the exact number was. It felt like more to me on the day when I was there than what it looked back in the pictures that I saw afterwards, but to be honest with you, it's sometimes difficult to tell with pictures as well because sometimes people snap these pictures before the game starts or at half time when people are sneaking out for a pie or whatever. So I'm not 100% sure. I don't think they announced what the away crowd was, but it was, you know, there was a good bit of noise. A good atmosphere, and 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 I think everybody everybody thoroughly enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, it's listed on the BBC website. It was an attendance of three thousand and eighty eight. I'm not sure, obviously, how much of that was the Queen's Park section. It it looked fairly um fairly full. Uh, I think there was definitely some empty spaces. Ah, uh, those of us obviously like to stand before the games or for the games. Unfortunately, we got in a little bit late as you do with away games, and there was no space up the back, so we had to go right the way down the very very front. Um, there was maybe only 15, 20 of us actually standing there as well I don't, I don't know how it sounded all the way up the very back but I know that, that we tried to shout and make a bit of noise throughout the game for as long as possible uh, Special shout out to the, um, the Thistle stewards by the way who seen, as I say, the 15 to 20 of us standing at the very, very front of the stand and tried to come over and tell us to sit down when about 10 metres away there was, I don't know 600, 800 Thistle fans standing behind the goal so yeah as i say a, a really good a really big shout out to him for for being a jobsworth arsehole and not getting his way and we we stayed standing and we um we had a great day but yeah it was it was a good support it's one of these things that as you say you know back in, a game in glasgow for us right now is a novelty and that definitely attracted a lot more people out than I have been attending queens park games and you just have to hope that when we're back in Glasgow full-time, yeah, we we keep growing the crowds and growing the support. That's what the club need to do. So there we are. As I say, that is our review of a a brilliant performance. Angel's quite right in saying it could well be one of the best league performances and results in a good number of years. That took us to second or joint second in the league tied with thistle now we are on 20 points with partick thistle inverness uh, got a point as well at the weekend so they actually st- go up to first place on 21 points we are joint second on 20 points and then you have the group of air dundee and morton sitting behind us on 18 points we are still right up the top end of the table it's going to get to that point where we keep we can't keep saying oh you know we're eight games at ninth. Twelve games in, we're you know a quarter of the way through the season. Third place, twenty points. I mean, times that by four, we finished the, we finished the league on eighty points. <laughs> Surely that's trophy material.
0: Well, I'm not. I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but yeah. I think I think. Listen, I want to wait and see whether we can build again on the back of such a great result because we've had we went through a really poor spell there, where obviously we only get one point from a potential nine. But before that. We've we've gone on little winning streaks, and I really believe that because this you know teams in this league are are blowing hot and cold all the time. All it takes is for one team to go on a seven or eight game winning streak, and that and that could potentially be enough for them to eventually win the title, which is pretty incredible to think. But um, well, Thistle and Air play tomorrow night, don't they? They they've got they've got their rescheduled game tomorrow night, and that event that will bring everybody back to twelve games played, I believe. So that's quite a big one. I don't know. I don't know if they're streaming it. If that's a possibility, I don't know. But that that maybe be quite a quite an interesting game to keep an eye on, even if just the score uh, has quite a big impact on us. Inverness only drew with Wraith on Saturday there, and as far as I'm aware, they're absolutely crippled with injuries. One of their uh, one of their better players broke his leg sadly on Saturday, so hopefully he makes a, makes a speedy recovery. But yeah, the, their uh, injury list is must be about eight or nine first team players long at this point so it wouldn't surprise me if they started to fall away after a really good spell it's exciting it's interesting it's unbelievable at times it's bizarre but i i am thoroughly enjoying being in the championship
2: it's so much fun isn't it and it it is so hard to get any sense of where we might end up this season because i think Every team's fans are saying that everybody else doesn't look particularly great. Do you know what I mean? There's there's not been anyone that is that has run away with it in any capacity. And even just looking at the table, the only gap, the only real gap that you've got right now is when you drop down to eighth place and you get Koval, Broth, and Hamilton who are in that sort of bottom three. But aside from that, one two results for any team in your your either seventh or your first, it's 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 mad. Um, I don't what what. what what do you guys want at this stage now after what you've seen so far? Obviously we've had a view of every team. I think for me I'd I'd love to just get in the playoffs. Obviously it'd be absolutely class to win the league, right, but that's just that just feels so absurd. I can't, I'm, I can't even comprehend that happening. But if we were sneaking into the playoff spot at the end of the season, I think that would be quite an unbelievable achievement for for where we are right now.
1: Yeah, I mean we predicted obviously the league before. The, the season started when we did one of our first episodes of the podcast and i think what we all said fourth i think i said fourth place in I seventh, and
2: i think you I had fifth, his fifth fourth.
1: Fourth. right yeah so we had his all top half anyway i think yeah i think after this first round of games i've definitely been too conservative and could yeah i we are a top four team in this league with the the standard of players that we have i'm not even going to look at form and falling away and going on a good run and everybody else and everything like that if you look at our team and, and our players available we're a top four team in this league therefore we now have to be saying well actually that is the aim this season it still yeah. feels it still feels a little bit creepy and a little bit scary to say that and it's sending a little bit shivered down my spine even just saying it right now but we are a top four team we have to be looking at the playoffs this year
2: I think I've been slightly surprised that none of the other teams have looked insanely better and maybe that's just credit to who we've recruited but there hasn't been any of the big teams like Inverness or Thistle, obviously Dundee have done well against us but I've I've been slightly surprised throughout that there hasn't been that golfing class between the sides that are at the top end of the championship and the sort of middle to bottom end it does seem that there is just a massive amount of parity
0: I don't think you could realistically grumble even with fifth place. Let's be honest, finishing top half in the championship in our first season here would be a fantastic achievement. And I would imagine that the goal for this season was essentially to establish ourselves as a championship club. The problem with finishing fifth place is it's just going to be so disappointing to miss out in the playoffs by one spot. And I don't think, listen the playoffs between the championship and the premiership are very, very difficult just because there is a bit of a gulf, I think. And obviously the premiership team plays one less round. You have to play, well, unless you finish second, I think. So if you finish third or fourth, you have to play three rounds in the playoffs in the championship. And it's a really, it's, it's, it's pretty unrealistic that you, that you are going to get promoted from third or fourth, but it would be really exciting just to be involved in that. Even if it's only for one round, you know, the, the, the knowledge that we might potentially only be what, uh, by six games away from away from the the premiership, it's wild. I don't know. I, I agree with you. I think they've got the players to finish top four, and and fingers crossed. We just need to find a bit of form again. Like I really do think the guys will take confidence from such a, such an important win against such a good team on Saturday there and build on that. It's just that the thing is the fixtures are really difficult from here on. out. we've got obviously Dundee on Friday night, who we struggled with last time up at Denz Park. I'm I'm not I'm not thinking. Obviously, they beat us in that League Cup game, right? But that was before we'd signed a lot of the guys that are, that are become pretty integral or even rediscovered, guys like Thompson and, and Botting wasn't here yet. And, and the way we were playing at the time was pretty different. So I, I think we can kind of discredit the League Cup game against them. The game up at Denz Park was disappointing. But anyway, after that, that's when we got to Cove as well, who, by the way, their home form is pretty decent. So that's going to be a tough away game on a Friday night. Then after that, I believe it's Inverness at home. So, yeah, we'll reevaluate this whole league table business in in three or four weeks, I think, and see where we are. But this is going to be a really, really important run of fixtures for us.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's just great to get it off to the the start that it has done there. Very lastly, before we do move on, Enzo, we've got to try and pick a man of the match. A couple of weeks ago, against Ayr, we were struggling to find anybody that was worthy of it. I think this week we might have too many to choose from. Um... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a bit cruel on you. I'm going to defer to you first. Who would you be voting as your man of the match?
0: I am going to... Oh, dear. It is quite a difficult one, isn't it? Because there were so many excellent performances. Boateng was fantastic. Thompson, again, really, really good. Eze had a great second half in particular. I think I'm just going to have to give it to Josh McPay. you know that? Because he was involved in the game that that set his... He was involved in the goal, excuse me, the first goal that obviously set his on our way and then he scored the the third and fourth himself. I think it would be really, really harsh not to give it to McPake. And also that kind of keeps our uh, Man of the Match award open a little bit because obviously Boateng's not far away from running away with it. So yeah, for me, I'm going to give it to Josh McPake.
1: I'm going to agree with you there, but yeah, I think everybody you've mentioned, and even then some... There's some, you know, I think almost anybody and certainly the start 11 was worthy of a, of a shout of man of the match um you know obviously alex banning came and started at right back and had a had a really good game i think he lasted 75 minutes or so before he was substituted off um it was about 80 minutes actually according to flash scores you know he came in and played really well you get thompson and boating excellent in the middle Ezzy, yeah, again, maybe didn't start particularly brilliantly, but I think for just over the 45, maybe about 60 minutes, he looked pretty good. But yeah, certainly that that second 45, yeah, brilliant and obviously got his goal as well. But I'm going to agree, you can't argue with two goals and an assist. So our man of the match for the Thistle game is Josh McPake. We're now going to move on. We'll do our quick Queen's Park teams roundup. And obviously a little bit of news that, that came about today as well for the club. So first of all, the teams round up just the results that have happened over the last uh, week or 10 days or so. So starting with uh Queen's Park women's team, their last league game that they had, they went away to East Fife and drew one each there. It was a, a late own goal for Queen's Park, so that was a, a, a point earned for them. Apparently they had a couple of chances right the to death to, to steal it, but couldn't quite, unfortunately. So a point there for them away in Methil. You had the Queen's Park under-18s, who played against Livingston in the under-18 league on the Friday night just before the Partick Thistle game there, and they won 3-0 through at Livingston. It was a Lucas McCormick double and a goal from Josh Howe, so... McCormick scored quite a few goals, I think, for the under-18s, I don't know, I don't know, is that a name that we may end up seeing involved in squads later on in the season or something? Who knows what will happen there, but yeah, they're they're doing alright there, the under-18s, and young QP, the, the strollers, as they were traditionally called, they had the second game in the, the reserve cup. At this moment in time, it's in a group stage, the Reserve Cup. Um, It's their second game in the group, and unfortunately for the second time, they lost to a injury time-free kick. This time they went down 3-2 to Hibs. It was Johnny Kenny and a David Boateng penalty in that game. And of course, as I always do, I'll mention the Queen's Park supporters team. A rough couple of weeks for the supporters team. A couple of weeks ago, they were um beaten, shall we say. 5-0 by the motherwell supporters team for park corner who you know we beat them first game of the season and i said at the time you know they were the scottish league champions they won the british cup they done they done the whole lot in the the ifa league setup last season and it was a great start to the season to beat them 3-1 through there um yeah yeah we, we get beat 5-0 by them most recently so there you go that's that but then on saturday morning just before the partick thistle game Played Sterling Albion and beat them 5-4 in an absolutely thrilling game at Tory Glen. Uh, set up an absolutely brilliant hashtag six point Saturday, as we like to call them. So, yeah, it was a great start to the day and a, and a great result for the boys there. So that's our roundup of all of our Queen's Park teams uh, to date.
0: Yeah, a bit of a mixed bag there then. Uh McCormack does seem to be quite a, a promising young prospect though if I'm not mistaken he was on the bench for the, the the first team possibly one of the League Cup games this season or maybe even the tail end of last season I can't, I can't actually remember but the name definitely rings a bell I seem to remember him I don't know if he came off the bench or what but I seem to remember him being on the bench and uh, I think it was the League Cup early in this season but I'm sure somebody will correct me and tell me that I'm talking absolute nonsense.
1: Just one of these, another one of these young players that we say we we hope to see, and I'm sure that we will see as the the months and the years pass of um, the sort of new version of Queens Park, still with the focus on the youth, as I think Queens Park always has done, but obviously with a whole new philosophy and a bit of money behind it to make it work as well. So yeah, maybe he'll be one of these first prospects here who knows there. Today we also had, so we are filming this Monday night, we did also have the Scottish Cup third round draw was made today. And after the glamour of Belfast Away and the SPFL Trust Trophy, maybe we were asking a little bit too much for another, maybe not so glamorous because there's no abroad ties, but we were looking for something a little bit different, maybe somewhere we've not been before or somewhere we're very unlikely to go often. We're off to Peterhead, once again, a place that, I think it's fair to say, Phil's Queens Park fans with a little bit of dread every time you get on the bus to head to Peterhead. It's not been a happy hunting ground for us in recent times.
2: No, and I've definitely got some PTSD around Peterhead, but I think that's more linked to Rory McAllister, who obviously we're going to we're going to have to deal with uh, when we speak uh, when we see them against Montrose. But I think it depends what you want from this draw, right? Because it's very winnable. Peterhead are, I think, dead last with something like. So five points or something in, in League One, so they're not the same team that they used to be. We're not the same team that we used to be, um, and it's still an okay day out if you if you can tolerate the the sort of long bus trip, obviously. Um, so I, I'm I'm all right with it. What I really want from these cups is a scalp from a from an SPL side. I'd love for us to go and take on anyone in the SPL now, just out of curiosity to see to see what players can step up to, all that kind of stuff, and whether we might get a wee uh. Are we upset at some point so I'm happy with with any time that <laughs> looks winnable right now and it, hopefully we can put our uh, demons to bed as far as our previous results against them
0: I am not I'm not worried about this one I think overall it's actually not too bad, I mean it's a bit, I suppose you could say it's a little bit boring because it's a team that we've played plenty in the past but you're right in saying that they're in a very different place compared to when they used to beat us all the time and we're in a very very different place, I mean You're right, they're they're dead last in League One. I don't know how long that's going to last because Clyde have been on a horrific run of something like six losses in the league. But Peterhead haven't scored in the last five games. They've not scored a single goal. I I don't think there's anything... I I don't want to get ahead of myself and potentially, you know, this this could potentially be a horrific, horrific upset. But it's not one that I think we should be too concerned about. I'll be really surprised if we don't beat them and, and hopefully quite comfortably to ideally set is up for a, for a, an even better tie in the next round. Like you say, Cal, the next round is when the Premiership Clubs come into it, so there's a couple of possibilities there. Either either you could get a... Well, you, you could either potentially get drawn against one of the, the lower league teams remaining in it and, and look to push on a little bit more in the tournament, or you could potentially get quite a big money tie as well, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think overall that's alright.
1: It's um, It definitely, as you say, it's one of those ones, it's the two categories. It's either a winnable game or something a little bit different, and a little bit out of the ordinary. It's definitely more of that first category. So yeah, we will be playing Peterhead Away. That should be the weekend of the 26th of November, so not even too long to wait for that trip there. And we'll just move straight on. We'll just be doing just our games, our preview and our review this week. So we're going to go straight into the Dundee preview. So Once again, we are under the Friday night lights at Aucleview. Hasn't gone too well on Friday nights at Aucleview so far, but dare I say there may be plenty more opportunities coming up to sort that run out and get it working for us. The first one, as I say, is this week against Dundee, who currently sit, as I was saying earlier on, they're sitting in this group of three teams, Ayr, Dundee and Morton, on 18 points, just behind us, where we are sitting on 20 points. Now, their recent form hasn't been too bad. It's a little bit of a mixed bag, maybe a couple of results that you wouldn't expect to see. They did have... Their most recent game was a draw at home to Morton. Obviously, our most recent game against Morton didn't go particularly well either. Uh, Dundee then did also beat Ayr the game before that, and then the game before that drew to Arbor So So, based on that, and obviously two of the teams that we've played most... Well, all three of the teams that we've played most recently, and... They've done a little bit better than we did, but we're now off the back of that great win against Partick Thistle. Callum, come to you first. What would you be expecting to see this week from Queen's Park?
2: Oh, um, in terms of our lineup, I mean, any time that we've had decent results this year, Coe's basically stuck with the same lineup, so I wouldn't expect really any changes there. If Savory's still got his uh, sticky on then, Obviously, McPake's had a good game. I'd, I'd expect us to line up similarly. And based off of what we've seen against us versus Dundee, maybe just having the one up front, five loading the midfield is going to be a wee bit more efficient. In terms of results, I think it's about time that we end this uh, bad run of forms, both, or bad run of form against Dundee anyway. Um, We've not shaped up well against them. Obviously, I mentioned earlier that perhaps we're Thistle's bogey team. They very much feel like they're ours. So far them in air, perhaps. Um they've always looked particularly good against us. But they are beatable. Do you know what I mean? They've they've lost four games this season, the same amount of us, they've drew three. Um they've got less they've got the same amount of goals scored. They're not on the best run of form, it's entirely patchy like ourselves. So I'm hoping that we'll that we'll win. Um I'd like to see Murray get a goal. It would be nice to get him up and running again. But I will take anything that uh, involves three points as always.
0: I still think at some point Dundee are going to turn it on and go on a wee bit of a run because I think, I, I just believe that they have some guys that are that are still Premiership-caliber players in that squad and I, I don't think they can keep up this sort of, it, maybe it's harsh to say mediocrity, right, but by, what, by their standards, you know, their fans before the season were expecting them to absolutely run away with the league and that might still happen, there's time for somebody to still run away with the league, like I said earlier on, they just need to Build, you know, they just need a, a bit of consistency for a couple of months, and that's you probably. But given that everybody else keeps taking points off each other, but I don't think that's going to start for them on Friday night because I just think the the games where we struggled, the game against Morton, I think our heads went down after Davidson missed that chance, and then and then they 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 scored the air game. We were still a bit deflated after the after the Morton game, and then we I don't know we just. We didn't look as though we were all there mentally. I, I, I don't know what it was. We just didn't look, it's, it's difficult to explain. I'm not 100% sure what it was, but th- we just looked like there was a real lack of confidence that day. Our both game slight improvement. And then obviously what happened on Saturday against Thistle. I can see us building on that. Realistically, a draw would probably be a good result and I don't think anybody could grumble, but I'd love to see us really go for it and take the game to them and, and maybe even sneak a wee win.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've got to agree with you there. I would take a point, or in fact, actually I'll tell you what, I think I would normally take a point against a team like Dundee where there is definitely the expectation that maybe right now they're not sitting perhaps where they should be. Um, They're a team that, they did go on a pretty good run back at the beginning of the season, obviously we've seen them in the League Cup, and they were actually even in a good run probably from August, sort of late August until, well in fact, august and september they were on a pretty good run they only lost one game in that month there yeah they've started to fall away a little bit more recently but my my problem is as well when we come to obviously talk about the team we would maybe have a little look on things like you know pie and bovril twitter or something like that and we'd look to see you know what do the fans think what what's their opinions on the game coming up when i see dundee fans on pie and bovril it just really annoys me how pish their part is and it just makes me want three points even, even more.
0: Aye, they're a bunch of bam pots. Honestly, the, the amount of rubbish that they talk on that message board is, is frightening. And this, this kind of bizarre dislike they've taken to Coyle is, uh, is very, very unusual. It's, it's, it's really weird. They're, they're a weird club, a, a weird club and a very weird set of fans. So you're right. I think us beating them would probably wind them up just that little bit more than any other club in this division beating them because, of, because they seem to really dislike Coyle.
2: I think um they've got a similar kind of tone to what I remember from the, the Inverness thread when we played them against uh, against us as well. They're kinda it's that superiority complex, isn't it? Obviously we're a relatively small club in comparison to to Dundee and I think I think they're threatened by it. That's what that's what I reckon. It must be weird for them coming up against a, a small club small club like us and potentially losing. I mean we're obviously we're sitting ahead of them in the league. So yes, it would be it would be excellent, and I would thoroughly enjoy being able to spend a week on Pineborough, having a, a read through all the the responses.
0: Well, I think there are already three pages on that thread. and we are still a few days away from the match, so oh, if we God. if we did manage to beat them, then it might potentially end up being an absolute meltdown.
1: Yeah, not just that, but I, as I say, even just trying to look and see now there is, to be fair, that I think there's one poster who has actually given some kind of opinion on the actual game itself on the, our actual match thread, the rest are just talking nonsense. But you even sometimes go and look, obviously every team has a, a big thread on Pie and food. You go and have a wee look there, you go and see if there's maybe some opinions about the game, or, or discussions about what's happened, etc. The last two pages on the Dundee big thread are talking about uh, Chinese restaurants in Dundee. I mean, what, what use is that? <laughs> you know, I don't understand, but they're a weird bunch. I really do hope that we uh, take that incredible performance against us. so and do it again against another team who, all joking aside, we do expect to be up around the top end of the table with us. Therefore, we, we definitely need to be taking something off of them. Are we all then agreed, Enzo, come back to you first, we're all agreed on the same starting 11 based on the result that we got?
0: Yeah, unless there are any surprising injuries or anything like that, I, I don't think you can really justify dropping anyone. Nobody nobody deserves to lose their, to lose their spot in that starting 11. And obviously there's the there's the logic of do you maybe change things up because they know how we're going to set up now and they might set up to try and counter the way we played. But I would just go for it anyway. I'd go with the exact same starting eleven.
2: Obviously, I think we're all agreed that that's what we would want. Do you think he will keep it the same? I mean, I'd be curious about the right back position because that's what he seems to sort of flip-flop on the most right now in terms of who's who's starting there. Obviously, i missed the last couple of games with being away, but it was, was Davidson not particularly great in in the previous one. Do see obviously a an issue, or do we think that Bannon might hold his place?
1: I'll be honest. I was a little bit surprised to see Bannon in it right back against Thistle. Now, I, I, I don't mean that against Bannon at all. You know, as I've said before, quite a big fan of his. He's done really well when he has been coming in. But I don't think that Davidson. I don't know. I just don't. I don't think he. Deserved after like the Arbroath game to have been dropped from that spot there. Um, I don't. I don't know what you think, Enzo. Well,
0: yeah, I I didn't expect it either. I, I was really. I said at the start when we were recording, I was really surprised to see Bannon, Ezi, and Kilday play. I didn't think that was very very likely. It wasn't even a scenario that I had. I had considered when when looking, you know, when thinking about how we might line up against this on Saturday. There, I I don't know. I think. Coyle seems to like consistency and I'll be surprised if he makes any changes. I, th- I think we will see Bannon at right back again.
1: Yeah, I think we've, we've seen a little bit of tinkering over these last couple of weeks as we've kind of had a, a few struggles here and there. I think that's fair to say. But yeah, the, the tinkering absolutely worked for the Thistle game. I think I think we've all got to agree and, and, and perhaps now hope that that start eleven maybe goes forward. Give it another shot against Dundee, see what it takes us.
0: Yeah, that's my thought process as well.
1: Speaking of seeing what it takes us, it takes us on to making our match predictions and on to our little prediction table where I dropped points by trying to be too conservative and predicting a score draw against Thistle. And I've let you two eat away at my lead at the top of the table, haven't I, Callum?
2: Yes, uh, you're still winning, so you've got 11 points. Um, I have 10, so within one now. And Enzo is sitting on 8, so that gives you the honours again, Enzo.
0: Yes, right, okay. I think we are going to beat Dundee
2: 2-1. Alright, and scorers?
0: And the goals will be from Simon Murray. Same logic as when we went up to Denz Park and I predicted Murray to score 2 that day, I think. Scoring against his boyhood club is probably something that he really wants to do. And he's just, he's just so overdue a goal now, isn't he? So, yeah, I'm going to go with Murray and... Dom Thomas is also overdue a goal, I think, so Murray and Thomas for me.
2: Cool. I think Thomas is who we've got We've got as, like, secondary goal scorer in most of these games, actually. Um, <laughs> right, so that means that I am next. I'm going for 2-0, Queens. I think we're going to shut them out. And I'm also going for Murray, and I reckon Jarrett might sneak one in.
1: All right, then. And for me, well... Do I do I stick with the score draw and actually just give up my my lead in the table here just to play the superstition card and say, oh, if I keep saying a draw, we might actually win it again. Um, no, no, we don't even need superstition. We don't need any of that nonsense. We went up to Dent Park and we weren't at our best and we were turned over 3-0. But we still had chances in that game. There were goals there for Queen's Park that we just couldn't take. It's going to be the opposite way around this time. It's going to be a 3-0 victory for Queen's Park Ooh. at Aucleview. I'm going for it. 3-0 nice. Queen's Park. And, well, yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I want Simon Murray to get one and get back on the on the goal scoring uh, track there. Give me also, give me Jarrett. He's going to keep his starting place. Savory will still sit on the bench until he's fully fit. And it's got to be Ezzy, hasn't it? It's got to be Murray, Jarrett.
0: I did consider Ezzy. But the thing is, I don't think he's going to score every week since he's a centre half. I don't think he's going to. Will he ever
2: score with his feet? That's a real question.
1: No. Who needs feet when you've got a head that's six foot six in the (laughs) clouds?
0: Six foot eight when you when you include his hair, I
1: think. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, he doesn't need them. His feet are just to hold his head up. That's that's it. He doesn't need them for for kicking the ball. Towards the net anyway, away from our net fine, <laughs> but not towards the opponent's net. So there we go. Those are our predictions there. That is that is everything we've got to cover. Any any last words from your day out for Hill? Of course your your dad and your sister were along, weren't they Angel? How did they enjoy it?
0: I my, that was my my sister's first ever Queens game, so uh, I would imagine she'll probably be back at some point. She's just a wee bit disappointed that it's not easy to get to the games with us playing in Oakview. but that's a conversation we've had before and one I'm sure we'll have again at some point. Uh, let's not dwell on the negative stuff because that was a that was a brilliant weekend for us there.
1: Absolutely was. So, Callum, I say welcome back and we'll obviously see you and Enzo next week. It has been a pleasure as always for all of you listening as well. Thank you again. You will, of course, find us on Pi and Bovril, on all the threads about Queen's Park, You'll find us on Twitter at Spiders Talk Pod, and of course, as people actually keep doing as well, come up if you hear us, particularly me. I like to shout an awful lot. If you hear us <laughs> shouting away at a game, feel free to come up and have a quick chat. We don't bite, so come up and say hi if you ever do hear us at a game. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see y'all very soon. Cheers.
0: Cheers. Thanks for listening. To the come on, final. Make match of
1: friendly, but then the consulate ending. play for
0: the sake of the game. Play for the sake of the game.